Welcome to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No politics, no arguing, just two guys talking sports. I'm your host, JJ Peters. On today's episode, we'll discuss the Dodgers dominate the Rays in Game 1 of the World Series, Week 6 NFL highlights, two a time in Miami, and the Pacers find their next head coach. Former Chip Ganassi race car driver Kyle Larson has been reinstated by NASCAR. He can sign with any racing team in NASCAR on January 1st, 2021. Larson was suspended by NASCAR after saying an appropriate word during an iRacing series that was aired live on Twitch. After the incident in April, Chip Ganassi racing team fired Kyle Larson. Since then, Larson has been driving in the Dirt Series and trying to get back to NASCAR. Larson went through sensitivity training and has apologized to NASCAR and Bubba Wallace since then. After Larson wrote an apology letter, Bubba Wallace of the number 43 car was proud of him. There are no reports on who Kyle Larson will sign with just yet. Does any time or sorry, does any team sign Larson for 2021? I think they do. Now there have been multiple multiple rumors that Hendrick Motorsports will sign him, but when Chip Ganassi Racing team fired Larson, they were with Chevrolet, who Hendrick is with. According to multiple sources, Chevrolet does not want anything to do with Kyle Larson. However, there have been rumors that Chevrolet would be fine with Kyle Larson signing with Hendrick Motorsports. There also have been rumors that Stuart Haas Racing signs the 28-year-old from Elk Grove, California. But unfortunately for Larson, Stuart Haas Racing is going to replace Clint Boyer with Chase Briscoe and Eric Amarola as re-signed with Stuart Haas Racing for next season. At the moment, I can't really see any team that signs Larson for 2021 as of my prediction. Can he return to form in 2021? I believe he will. If he does not get signed, which I think he does, he probably will struggle early in the season, but once again, he gets back to the groove. He will be back to his regular form. In his career, the former number 42 car has six cup races and has 12 or has won six cup races and has 12 wins in the Xfinity and truck series. I believe Larson wastes. I believe since Larson was suspended by NASCAR and fired by Chip Ganassi Racing, he was one of the top free agents going into the 2021 offseason. But we're still months away from the offseason, and it's going to be a very interesting come January and February. The NBA free agency is back. It doesn't seem like it, but the NBA free agency opened up on Sunday, October 18th. There aren't a lot of huge names this year, but one to really look at is Anthony Davis. He is clearly the best free agent in the somewhat awful 2020 free agency class. According to multiple rumors, he will likely opt out of his contract with the Lakers and sign a Supermax with them. Another interesting free agent will be Raptors guard Fred Van Vliet. He could re-sign with Toronto, but if a team is willing to give him a massive contract, there is a chance he leaves the 2019 champs. Joe Harris of Brooklyn is solid. Reigning sixth man of the year Montrezl Harrell could leave the Clippers and Danilio Gallinari might get a nice contract before next season as well after playing so well with the Thunder last season. The sharp shooting sixth man of this the uh, sorry, the sharp shooting sixth man Davis Bertans could also be looking for a nice contract in the 2020 free agency class. Now my thoughts are it's crazy to think that the free agency in the NBA started on Sunday and there hasn't been much buzz at all. I know free agency this year hasn't been big and it feels like the NBA season has been done for a while in reality when it's only been gone or been done for about a week and a half. But back to talking about free agency, free agents this year, Anthony Davis is the only one that really interests me. Now there are guys like Fred Van Vliet, as I mentioned, Davis Bertans, Montres Harrell, but I think Davis is really the only one that fans will look into and see exactly what happens. 
Uh, will Anthony Davis remain a Laker? Uh, I think so. Uh, it's pretty obvious. I think most everybody believes Anthony Davis will be a Laker. According to multiple reports, Anthony Davis will opt out of his contract and sign the Supermax with L.A. or the Max. Davis was instrumental in helping the Lakers win their 17th title. A lot of analysts, including myself, thought Davis should have been the finals MVP. However, James won his fourth Bill Russell finals MVP. Davis was traded the Lakers last June from the Pelicans. AD is a top five player in the league right now. Probably the second best power forward in the NBA currently behind Giannis Antetokounmpo. Last season, the offense ran through Davis, not James. So if the Lakers, so if the Lakers need to do pretty much give Anthony Davis the biggest contract they can give. If somehow Davis doesn't sign with the Lakers, which is not in reality, you could see a few teams like the Bulls, maybe the Knicks, try to make a run for Anthony Davis. But as I said, I don't think it's going to happen. Davis will undoubtedly re-sign with the Lake Show. Another interesting fragrance to keep a close eye on. As we previously mentioned, Fred Van Leet, Joe Harris, uh, Danilio Gallinari is another guy that we have to kind of look at. He played well with the Thunder. He was with the Clippers for a while. Um, you have to go back in the day when he was with the Nuggets. Uh, Davis Bertans, a lot of people are sleeping on him. He's going to be a solid player. I don't know if the Wizards are planning to bring him back, but that's some free agency you might need to look. Uh, there was some free agency you might need to look into. And of course, Montres Harold, is he going to stay with the Clippers or not? There was rumors that him and Paul George didn't agree. I don't think George is leaving the Clippers. So, And, of course, I think a lot of teams could bring in Harold, including the Charlotte Hornets. They have some money. Why not give it to a former guy who is from North Carolina? He went to Louisville, of course, but he's from North Carolina. So why not try to bring him in the fold? So that's just some free agents that you would need to look into. Now let's get to the highlights of the week of week six in the National Football League. First, we go to... Pittsburgh, where the Steelers took on the Browns. The Pittsburgh Steelers are coming in the game or 4-0 and looking to remain unbeaten. Cleveland was having one of their better seasons in a very long time. Can you believe that? 4-1? It seemed like it'd be a very good game, but it was the total opposite. Pittsburgh absolutely demolished the Browns and once again, Chase Claypool, a.k.a. Mapletron, dominated. Big Ben threw for a modest 162 yards and Chase Claypool added 74 yards receiving. James Conner rushed for over 100 yards and on, on 20 and 28 times while Kareem Hunt struggled and only ended up with 40 yards. Baker Mayfield was under duress the whole game and threw two picks. Mayfield was sacked four times, and Bud Dupree, despite getting hurt, led the game in sacks. Final score, Pittsburgh 38, Cleveland 7. Now let's go to North Carolina, where the Panthers hosting the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears went into Carolina to hoping to get their fifth win of the season, and they did just that. Nick Foles was also looking for a second win as the starter for the Bears in 2020. However, the Panthers had exceeded many expectations in the start and were looking to upset the Bears. But Chicago defense forced Teddy Bridgewater into throwing two picks. Bears defense also got four sacks in the game. Nick Foles did enough to win the game and threw one touchdown pass to Cole Komet. DJ Moore led the game in receiving yards with 93. Final score, Bears 23, the Panthers 16. Now let's go to Tennessee, where the Tennessee Titans hosting the Houston Texans. The Tennessee Titans continue their undefeated season with a win over their AFC South rival, the Houston Texans, in overtime. Derrick Henry rushed for 212 yards and on 22 attempts and scored two touchdowns that included the winning one in overtime. Tannehill threw for 364 yards and four scores, while Watson of Houston also threw for four scores and 335 yards. Will Fuller had 23 yards, 123 yards on six catches in the loss versus Tennessee. Simply put, the Texans could not stop 
King Derrick Henry. Final score, Tennessee 42, Houston 36. Now let's go to Foxborough as the New England Patriots hosting the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos upset New England in Foxborough. The Patriots have started one of their worst seasons in the Bill Belichick era. With a loss to Denver, the Patriots are started their season 2-3 and three and are currently third in the AFC East. Philip Lindsley of the Denver Broncos got the start and rushed for, for 101 yards in 23 attempts. Drew Locke played solidly and threw for 189 yards. Jumping to the Patriots' stat line, Cam Newton was shut down and only threw for 157 yards. Newton did, however, rush for 76 yards and scored a touchdown on 10 carries. Final score, Denver 18, New England 12. Let's go to Philly as the Eagles are hosting the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens escaped the Eagles in Philly on Sunday. Baltimore led the Eagles 24 to nothing at one point. But here come the battered Eagles and almost upset the Ravens with fans the game for the first time of the 2020 season. 2019 NFL MVP Lamar Jackson threw for 186 yards and rushed for 108 yards. Jackson had one score on the air and one on the ground. Carson Wentz threw for 187 yards and two scores, while Miles Sanders had nine carries for 118 yards. Final score, the Ravens 30, the Eagles 28. Tampa Bay blows past Green Bay. Tom Brady gets an edge on the Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers with a big win for his Bucs. The Buccaneers defense forced Aaron Rodgers to throw two interceptions and sacked him four times. Jason Pierre-Paul and Levante David led the game in sacks. Rodgers only threw for a measly 160 yards by and only competing 16 of his 35 passes. Brady, on the other hand, threw for 166 yards and headed to score, headed to scores on the day. Ronald Jones carried the rock for 113 yards, while Green Bay's running back Jamal Williams only had 34 yards. Gronk had his first touchdown with Tampa Bay and had 78 yards in receiving. And Devontae Adams led the Packers with 61 yards through the air. Final score, Tampa Bay 38, the Green Bay Packers 10. 49ers hold on to beat the Rams. Let's head to California where the San Francisco 49ers, as I mentioned, were hosting the Rams. Jimmy G bounced back from a terrible game last week. Garoppolo threw for 268 yards and three touchdowns on the day. Raheem Mostert at 65 yards on 17 attempts, and George Kittle had 98 yards in receiving. Jared Goff threw for 188 yards. Darrell Henderson at rushed for 88 yards on the ground, and Tyler Higby had 56 yards receiving. Aaron Donald had no sacks in the game versus San Francisco. Final score, 49ers 24, the Rams 16. Chiefs muscled their way past the Buffalo Bills. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs rebounded from a tough loss from the Raiders last week with a win over Buffalo. Mahomes had two touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Elaire at 161 yards on the ground, and Demarcus Robinson led the way in receiving at 69 yards. Josh Allen didn't play great, but threw for two scores. He has also led the team in rushing at 42 yards, and Stephon Diggs finished the day with 46 yards and one touchdown. The Bills aren't ready for primetime just yet. However, the Bills still lead the Dolphins in the AFCs by one game. Final score, the Chiefs 26, the Bills 17. Arizona flies all over the Cowboys defense. The Arizona Cardinals look like the real deal versus the struggling Cowboys defense. The Cards completely destroyed the Cowboys on Monday night. Kyler Murray threw for 188 yards. Kenyon Drake rushed for 164 yards. And Christian Kirk had two touchdowns on two receptions. Andy Dalton threw a pick, but did throw for 266 yards. Turnovers were a massive problem for Zeke. He had two in the first half and only rushed for 50 yards. Amari Cooper finished the game with seven receptions for 79 yards and one touchdown. Final score, the Cardinals 38, the Cowboys 10. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. 
If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. Joey Logano steals a win at Kansas Speedway. Joey Logano wins the Hollywood Casino 400. Logano of the number 22 car steered into victory lane at Kansas Motor Speedway on Sunday. The 2018 NASCAR Cup champion is looking for a second title in just three years. There is a good chance that Logano could capture the cup in the bizarre 2020 season. The rest of the top five were Kevin Harvick, Alex Bowman, Brad Kozlowski, and Kyle Busch. I really thought Kevin Harvick would steal into victory lane at Kansas Speedway last Sunday. Joey Logano came out of nowhere to seal a spot in the shootout of Phoenix in early November. Logano is clearly not having the season he had in 2018, but he still has a chance to win the NASCAR Cup. With the win last week at Kansas Speedway, it is his third win this season. It's crazy to think that Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin have dominated the season, but Joey Logano still has a chance to win. It's amazing. What happened to Kevin Harvick? To be honest, I'm not sure. After the race was over, Kevin Harvick stated that Joey Logano is a good blocker. Logano passed Kevin Harvick in the final 50 laps of the race, but even with Harvick not being able to win at Kansas, he still has a very good chance to win the Cup this season. It is also interesting to point out that Harvick hasn't won since Bristol on September 16th, although it's going to be hard for anybody to beat Harvick for the championship championship this season. Can Chase Elliott stay alive in the playoff race? It's amazing what can happen in just a matter of one week in NASCAR. Chase Elliott was in very good position to make it in the championship four at Phoenix. However, with Logano winning and Elliott finishing sixth, he is now looking out, looking in. As we all know, Elliott had a problem with his radio, which caused him to finish out of the top five. As of now, I don't think Elliott will make it to the championship four. Next week, NASCAR heads to Texas Motor Speedway for the Texas 500, and we will find out who joins Joey Logano for the championship four. The Miami Dolphins have officially named rookie quarterback Tua Tungavaloa the starting quarterback for week eight's contest versus the Rams on November 8th. Despite the Dolphins being 3-3 three and three and Ryan Fitzpatrick playing great, the Dolphins have decided to rock with the rookie quarterback. The former fifth overall pick in the 2020 draft played five snaps in week six win versus the Jets. It was during the fourth quarter when Tua played. Tua finished the day two for two and nine yards. The Alabama product is a super excited has stated that Ryan Fitzpatrick has been a tremendous role model for him. According to Tua, Fitzpatrick will tell him what happened after every drive despite it being good or bad. The Dolphins have a bye this week. My first thoughts are, it's a little bizarre to start the rookie when you're a veteran quarterback is playing so well. The Dolphins are 3-3 three and three and are only one game out from first in the AFC East. I understand that Tua is your future and is healthy, but I would keep rocking with the hot hand in Fitzmadrick. And plus, I thought the Dolphins were going to redshirt Tungavaloa this season. The Dolphins do have a bye this week, and I guess this is what the plan was when the season started. Tungavaloa will have a very tough game in his debut as a, as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Is Miami making the right choice? In my opinion, they are not. I don't think Tungavaloa will be successful, but I think they will need to redshirt him by not playing this season. He's too valuable to get hurt again. Plus, playing against the Rams in his debut is not at all a smart decision. Tagovailoa will have to compete against the best defensive player in the league, and I 
think that will rattle the former Alabama product. Tua did look good against the Jets during the late stages of the fourth quarter during their blowout win. I just think that this is too early for the rookie, and I'm not sure it will end very well for either side. You also have to ask yourself, do the Dolphins really want to succeed this season? Does Tua succeed? I think he will in the future, but not this season. The Dolphins are the only one game back of the Bills for first in the AFC East. Does kind of remind me of what the New York Giants did with Eli Manning back in 2004. The Giants had a 500 record and gave the keys to Eli Manning. Manning struggled earlier, but eventually found success. And of course, as we all know, he won two Super Bowls with New York. So I could see Miami struggling at first with Tungavaloa, but then succeeding in the future. Not sure the Dolphins could win a Super Bowl, but I could see something similar to that. Some breaking news. The Indiana Pacers have shocked many by hiring Raptors assistant Nate Bjorkgren. Bjorkgren was the assistant with the Raptors in 2018 to 2020 and helped lead Toronto to the first NBA championship last season. Bjorkgren also spent time with the Suns as an assistant from 2015 to 2017. From 2011 to 2015, Bjorkgren was a G League coach. He's, his all-time record was 126 and 174 in the G League. He was an assistant under Nick Nurse when the Iowa Energy won the G League Championship in 2011. According to CBS Sports basketball analyst and former NBA coach and college coach Avery Johnson, Kyle Lowry helped make the decision that Bjorkren was the guy to coach the Indiana Pacers. My reaction is this is very interesting hire to say the least. I really did not know much about Bjorkren before the Pacers hired him. He's definitely had a storied career as a coach in the league. From it, from him coaching with the G League to being an assistant to a few teams in the league. I also did not re- realize that Lowry and Bjorkren had a great relationship. According to players that have played under him, he is very upbeat and encouraging all the time. A team needs that when they have lost in the first round for five straight seasons. Was it a good hire by the Pacers? I think they could have done better. It was an all right hire, but I think they could have hired someone with a more proven track record and maybe a bigger name like Mike D'Antoni. The Pacers also need to figure out what they need to do this offseason. Of, of course, Bjorkren will have a huge say in that, but will he make the decision is the question. But gonna, then again, I could be totally wrong with my opinion. Indiana is in need of a great coach. They have been good in the last few years, but not great. The Pacers need to take the next step in order for them to be in a legit contender in the East. Bjorkren will need to be able to have Indiana take the next step in order to them, for them to compete for a championship. How will Nate Bjorkren do as a head coach in the NBA? It's really hard to say right now. I think he will be successful in the regular season, just like all the other coaches in Indiana. But I just don't really know at this time if he will succeed. I think it's still too early to decide. The offseason has started, so we will have to see what they do in the winter before the season starts. Of course, as we all know, the Pacers still don't know if they're going to trade Victor Oladipo. Miles Turner needs to take the next step to be a great big man. And is TJ Warren as good as he was in the bubble? Because he was almost as good as Michael Jordan was. Nah, no one can touch MJ, but seriously, TJ Warren was absolutely amazing in the bubble. So can he return to that form? Well, we'll definitely see starting next season. All those questions the Pacers organization have to answer, and even more, before the season starts in 2021. We will see what Indiana does before the season tips off in January or February. Game one of the 2020 World Series happened at Global Life Park in Arlington, Texas last night. It was just the second time in MLB history that the World Series was played at a neutral site. The two best teams in the baseball squared off as the LA Dodgers took on the Tampa Bay Rays. 
Well, it started out as a pitching duel when Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers took on Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Bay Rays. Both pitchers finished the game with eight strikeouts. However, it was Kershaw that lasted longer. Glasnow only pitched five and a third innings after allowing four runs. Kershaw lasted six innings and only allowed one run on two hits. It started out as the 2019 NL MVP Cody Bellinger hit a two-run shot in the fourth to make it a 2-0 lead for the Dodgers. Then in the fifth, Tampa Bay center fielder Kevin Kiermeyer had a solo shot that trimmed LA's lead. That score didn't last very long. The Dodgers brought in four runs that included Mookie Betts and Corey Seager. After allowing so many after allowing more runs, the Rays removed Tyler Glass now. LA would score two more runs in the sixth to make it an 8-1 lead thanks to a home run, none other by Mookie Betts. Tampa Bay would score two more runs in the seventh to trim the Dodgers' lead once again. At this point, the score was 8-3 Dodgers. In the eighth and ninth, Tampa Bay went 1-2-3 to finish off the 2020 World Series game number one. Final score, Dodgers 8, the Rays 3. Joe Kelly of the Dodgers gets the save. And we go to game two, which will be tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Well, that's a wrap for this amazing episode. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more.